Hey everybody, welcome back to another Emerald City Hockey post game live. That um I mean, what is there to say, RJ? Yeah, kind of kind of a, a bit of a loss for words right now. Um today's deep dive podcast did not age well, did it? No, I mean Lindsay's got something to say about that already in chat. We'll we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, let's start off with the um, thanks to Flatstick Pub for for sponsoring the post game lives. As always, uh, they didn't sign up for this. No, they, they did. Um, hey, they're sticking with us through thick and thin. You know they what? Are. They, they are. The Kraken always. Bring you on a journey. We've learned this through two and a half seasons and Flatstick Pub is with us the whole way. And they're extra with us tomorrow because we've got the watch party coming up. The Kraken are due for a better game. I'm telling you, everybody, it's going to be a fun time. And, you know, win or lose, we're we're all going to have a good time. What you can't argue with me on this, Dylan. Win or lose, it's going to be a yes, great that, fun time at Flatstick. That part. Stop saying the Kraken are due for a good game. You've done nothing but say one thing, and then the exact opposite happens going back to the Sharks game before the All-Star break. It's carried All right, over fine. Months. We're, we're going to have a great time despite the 10 to nothing loss the Kraken will suffer at the hands of the New York Islanders tomorrow. Thank you. Reminder, that's at the South Lake Union Flatstick Pub location. Want to show them some love. It's our first ever watch party at Flatstick. Really, really hope uh, as many of you can make it as possible. Um, I mentioned it from the top. Let's just get right into this one from Lindsay. Deep Dive Curse went off on this game. The decor is too healthy. Dumoulin injury. Maddie is a defensive god. Horrible turnover leading to a goal against. What do you have to say for yourselves? I blame RJ on this one. He said the thing about the decor being healthy. He also told everybody to watch Maddie in the defensive zone in this game, which I said on the pod he shouldn't do because you've been you've got a terrible streak going right now, RJ. Yeah, I will I will admit this and acknowledge this. I am really on a heater as far as just getting things wrong. I had zero points for the longest time in our Super Bowl pick pool yesterday, too. I, I I'll acknowledge it. You know what? I I should just kind of shut up for a little bit, I think. Yeah, but um, yeah, <laughs> I like I like fire and RJ. What did we just say? I know I to myself. That's better. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So it's it was it was a tough deep dive curse day for sure. I mean, let's let's take those two things in order. I mean, Brian Dumoulin, that one looked pretty gnarly, right? Like the way he just kind of skates into that hit there. Uh, you can tell right away that he was feeling it. And then they ruled him out quickly, which is, of course, never a good sign either. Yeah, no, that, that's pretty much always a bad sign when you have a player ruled out that fast. And yeah, I mean, Dumoulin, I mean, just there's so much force and impact right into the midsection there. Lower body injury, I doubt we'll get an update tonight, but we'll we'll keep an eye on it. But uh, I mean, at, at least the Kraken have seven NHL caliber defensemen. I guess that's the upside of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, Justin Schultz will come in for Dumoulin, presumably tomorrow, assuming Dumoulin can't go. Justin Schultz will come in. Riker Evans will stay in the lineup. I mean, you know, in that sense, maybe just get a little bit more puck movement at the expense of maybe some stay-at-home defense, which, quite frankly, is what the Kraken need to work on right now. Like, the, their defense of this one was something. We'll get to that. And then, yes, the turnover from Matty RJ in the defensive zone. He was well on his way to another controlled zone exit. I don't know. Did he just not know he was there, in your opinion? Or do you think maybe he was just a little too slow, maybe lacking a little bit of urgency getting out of the zone there? I think he just didn't feel the pressure from Hala there. I mean, you know, it's it's like a quarterback, right? When they don't feel someone on the blind side, you think you have an extra half second to make that perfect pass. 
Maddie just didn't have it. And at that point it was kind of too late. Um, yeah, I, I think that's really all it came down to. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there and it's just unfortunate. And then we, you know, kind of saw the, the response there a little bit as well. Uh, a couple super chats here. First one from Schultz. Kraken don't seem to understand that you might score if you shoot the puck. Need to start pumping um, FAOs and Little John shots in the rooms before games. I mean, we've talked about this before. It's been a long running joke. And I know Schultz, you've been with us for a while and we, we've talked about this. Kraken, they, they don't want to be a volume team. I get that. But at some point, I mean, you either you have to pick a direction. And this is kind of where I'm at, RJ. You can either go in the direction of, of let's try to be a volume team again. Let's try to score and figure four goals gets us wins, right? And we've been saying this all year long, right? Everybody, we've all been on this together. Four, four goals, this Kraken team's winning. I think it's time to give up on the idea that this team can score four goals with any consistency because they just can't. And I think instead it should be don't allow three goals, right? Like that becomes the other direction you could go. I think this team is built around defense, RJ, maybe not on the back end, but certainly with their forward group, I think they should just really kind of try to just lock things down more. You've got the best goaltending you've ever had right now from Joey Decord. And I, I think they should just try to lock it down and try to win games 2-1. It's going to be boring, but you know what? It can't really look worse than this. Right. I think we both come around to that. The Kraken really just need to embrace that boring hockey as much as it sucks to say. Uh, what did you say earlier today? The Kraken need to use the Winter Classic as the blueprint, yeah. at least the last two periods of it, as the blueprint going forward because the goals just aren't coming. It really feels like consistently you cannot count on that. So that's that's what it has to be. And as far as the shots on goal, funny enough, the one guy who I think actually did get the message there was Matty Beniers. Yeah. He led the team, tied for the team lead with four shots on goal tonight. We talked about it on the podcast. So it had been a while since he'd even had three. Um, you know, he gets four. He's, he hasn't had five or more in a game all season, uh, but it's been like a month or so since he last had four. So at least he was shooting the puck. He was shooting the puck even sometimes at the expense of maybe a better opportunity if he was to pass it, but he'll get there. He'll get there. Um, Jessica with the super chat here. RJ will have the last laugh when Ron makes the Pedersen offer sheet. <laughs> It'd be worth it. I'm I'm really holding my breath on that one. <laughs> It would totally be worth it, though. That would be that would be fantastic. Well, if we if he do actually does it, then we know it must have been me because that is the yes. least Ron Francis thing ever. Yes, yes. And clearly then all of that energy would have just gone to that one move uh, and nothing else the rest of the way. Um, Megan, I'm sorry, guys. I am so furious that I turned off the game and have no words. The super chat there. I understand that. Right. I mean, this is a tough spot for the Kraken. Again, you go back to before the All-Star break, before the bye week, the bye week that they had, you lose that game two nothing to the Sharks. It was one of those we talked about it. Right. It was brutal. You're not leaving yourself margin for error. Those are the games you have to win if you want to get into the playoffs. If you want to secure one of those wild card spots, they drop that game. OK, maybe you can use the excuse of coming back from, you know, so much time off for that Flyers game. It was at least close. Like, you know, there's a little bit of rust in the first half of the game. Right. OK, maybe that's what. But then in this one, RJ, where again, the defense just wasn't there. There was no structure in the Kraken's defensive zone, and they just allowed so many of these goals to happen to them, right? Whether it's Maddie getting pickpocketed and then a goal being scored off of Joey's head, right? You had you had stuff from that level to 
Riker takes a bad, you know, uh, angle and then gets put into a spot where he can't really do anything. I think this was what the the third goal for for the Devils, where he's having to play from behind. He did a great job of not taking a penalty, and I know that's what he was worried about. But guess what? Kind of one of the positions where you could probably take that penalty, right? Like it's, you're letting the guy walk in on you. I don't right. know. And and even even though he doesn't take a penalty, I mean, look, Joey gets the stop on Meyer, and and all that is okay if you can just identify the one Devils player among the three of you yes. defending that's just kind of waiting there in the slot, and nobody picks him up, and he kind of gets lost there. Like that original chance was stopped. Right, right. And then I, I was going to say, speaking of like that, the very first goal, the Tyler Toffoli power play goal, where when you go back and you watch that replay, everybody is facing the corner. All four Kraken PKers are facing the corner where the puck was. They have no idea where Toffoli has set up. They don't know where really a lot of the Devils have set up on that play. They just all backs to 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 the rest of the team and you know, there you go. You you get a goal like that. I mean, this is basic stuff. Head on a swivel. Take good angles, right? Like all of the stuff it would address so much of this. And um, they just did not have it at all tonight. Yeah. And those are the defensive issues. And then there's the offensive issues as well, because you look at the Kraken. I mean, heck, they weren't able to generate a shot on goal until like more than halfway through the second period while trailing the whole time. And, and this has become a pattern now. This is a real problem yep. where uh, eventually the score effects kind of kicked in later in the game where the Kraken put on a push as you'd expect them to. But it took way too long to do. And really, the reason was they weren't able to just get to those second, third pucks after getting the puck into the offensive zone. The Devils were able to break the puck out before the Kraken could go hunt down those pucks. And that's a matter of execution, putting the pucks in places where you can hunt them down. And then also just effort execution i mean going and winning those battles skating harder than the next guy to get to those pucks and and i think you know that's really the key is just for a lot of the second period the effort was unacceptable tonight yeah and and this is a theme that you know was very much talked about after the flyers game right like again same situation you played most of that game down by one and you had two shots in the third period can't happen. It, it's it just can't happen. Like it, you need to be better than that if you want to to stay in this. And that's becoming harder and harder as every day goes by. Right. St. Louis dropped seven yesterday, picks up a win, right? You can't afford to have games like this. Um, gonna do a like a quick lightning round here through everybody's initial reactions. Bryce yells in confusion, Jessica with the crying emoji. Where was the effort before the last 10 from Zoe? Big Ron pathetic and disappointing. Sean, this sucks. Zoe, it felt like Dunner was taking more shots than the forwards. Um, I mean, Maddie Veneers took a ton of shots. How many did Dunn? Dunn have Vince Dunn took three. I mean, that is more than just about everybody in the forward group. Um, be experienced cracking hockey, they said. It'd be fun, they said. <laughs> oh, I feel some days too. Jen, what <laughs> WTF did I just watch? I mean, yeah, it's it's been tough. And then Coop, sell, sell, sell. Love my guys, but it's not happening this year. Let's build for next year. That's the trajectory that they're on as they approach the trade deadline right now. Yeah, it is. I mean, if they can't turn this thing around and fast, they're going to have no choice but to sell. I mean, we, we talked about some scenarios a little bit on the podcast today, and those just keep getting realer and realer with every additional loss. I mean, the Kraken are, what, six points out of a playoff spot right now, and the two teams that they're ultimately chasing have games in hand on them. And by the end of tomorrow, they could be eight points out of a playoff spot. These things add up really quickly when the other teams start to win. You have to turn these turn it around right now. 
yeah, yeah. You tomorrow is like the day you got to get going on this. Um, Sean, starting to be concerned that very little is off the table when it comes to deals, uh, sell-offs being made in the next few weeks. I I don't know that I'd go that far, but yes, I mean certainly the idea of them, you know, being sellers is looking more and more likely if they're going to continue this. Uh, Jake, I was excited. It's slow enough at work to watch this game, then I got this game. Sorry for you, Jake. Yeah, that's that has got to be rough for sure. Um, let's see. Julius asking, is this the game that the Kraken becomes sellers? No, I still think they're going to take the full time, like up to the trade deadline, unless you really like you lose the next like five or six games in a row, in which case maybe you get started on that a little early. But I think at the very least, you're going to wait through this road trip through the end of the week. Yeah, it's a seller's market this year, especially so. And so if you're going to be a seller, you can wait till the last minute. There are always going to be needy teams right up until the deadline. Yes. Um, Jen, I should not have been sober during that game. I'm sure there's a lot of people thinking the same. Uh, good opportunity to go to, say, flat stick. <laughs> you mm -hmm. can fix that problem. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay, the is Lindsay having fun meter was set to no for the bulk of that game. But despite the score, the meter was set to yes for the final 10 minutes. And I would say probably for the final, what, five minutes or so of the second period, RJ. And that's what arguably makes this even more frustrating is we see these flashes where the Kraken can dominate games, where they can go out there and generate all of the shots and they can get things going where they can have controlled zone entries in the offensive zone, RJ, can you imagine? But they can only seemingly do it for about 15 minutes total during a game. Right. It seems like that's kind of the limit right now. It's just when do those 15 minutes tend to happen? And you know what? I mean, if that push comes earlier, in the NHL nowadays, even if you're down 3 nothing, if you can get that push going in the middle of the second period, you're not necessarily out of it. We do see teams fairly regularly come back from a deficit like that. Mm -hmm. But instead, in the second period, the Kraken were just you know what, not able to get a shot at all, but also just taking unnecessary penalties. That's something else I wanted to talk about where it's just frustration penalties. Whether it's, again, I understand like, you know, you have the Yamamoto one where he kind of gets you know, the stick in the bad area and, you know, you, you get frustrated by that, but like the Will Borgen penalty, I'm sure the linesman there is yelling at like, let him go, let him go, get off him, get off him. He just doesn't. Right. And then mm -hmm. Wenberg after that, that's one where even if the devils don't score on the power play, that's two minutes, two minutes, two minutes that goes off the clock where you could otherwise be putting on a push. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, credit to the penalty kill, right? You keep Devils to mm -hmm. one for five tonight, right? Like there's, there's a lot of firepower on this Devils team, but it's it's one of those you, you shouldn't be giving up five penalties in a game where, again, you were trailing for virtually all of it, right? That's, right. Those aren't the games to take five penalties in. Uh, the games I think it's even down, harder usually too because the refs... Yeah kind of tend to <laughs> have things slant a, to get teams back in games. Yeah, they're going to give you a break. Um, it's another game, though, where the Kraken failed to score a power play goal. It's another game where the power play just didn't look good in general, right? Forget about not scoring. Like, do they have chances? Like, I would, like it's just <laughs> really, really bad, this power play. I mean, I know that's just been a continual thing for a long time now, but something has to change on the power play at some point um, to, to get things going. But yeah. And then since the break, too, since they've come back from the All-Star break, these last two games, I've started to notice where now, even when the power play wasn't doing well, you'd never see real shorthanded chances against. These last two games, there have been some serious shorthanded looks for the other team. It's like the beginning of the year, right? Like that was the problem at the beginning of the year. We were seeing a lot of that kind of stuff and it's, it, we're right back there. Um, I, I really didn't think that we would kind of come full circle 
to where this team was for a lot of these issues at the beginning of the year. And yet we seem to have, I don't know what happened during that bye week, but it was like everybody reset to like, you know, the start of the season. And it's like, we're right back there dealing with all of these same issues. I, I don't get it. Uh, CJ with Dumo now hurt. Are we going to see flurry called up? I would imagine it would depend on how hurt Brian Dumoulin is and how much they feel like they need to have a seventh guy on the roster. Yeah, I think if it's a longer term thing, then yeah, you'd probably see Kale Flurry or I don't even know if Olafson is healthy, but one of those two would be called up. Yeah, definitely. Um, B, I thought this game would be fun, but no, it was just sad and tiring. Plus, Dumo's hurt, so now there goes depth on the blue line. Um, as Jed's saying, though, tomorrow we have the watch party at Flatstick. That is true. Um, Viren Borgen is now one off his goal total and one off his assist total from last year in 30 fewer games, despite reduced offensive zone usage. I've liked though, when he's like kind of stepped up in the offensive zone, right. And tonight being a good example and credit to Everly for really, you know, I, w- I don't want to say forcing a pass over to him, but there was an opportunity for Everly to take a shot instead, but he recognized I don't have a ton, ton of time and space here, but you know what? Will Borgen, if he steps up into this area, he will. And he goes ahead and makes that play. And then you see just a great laser from Will Borgen because he has the time and space to really, you know, pick his spot there. Right. It takes a lot to beat a goalie clean like that. Most NHL goalies, if they can see a shot the way that Dawes could, they're going to stop it. But it was a great shot. Man, Dylan, I just want to bottle that whole shift from that line and just replicate mm-hmm. it, right? Because just the forechecking, the hustle, the aggressiveness, that's what they were missing all game. But it was exemplified in that shift. I think there were like three or four just secondary chances, just loose pucks that were kind of 50-50 pucks afterwards that the Kraken just battled for and won in the offensive zone that led to that whole chance. Again, mm-hmm. if you can do that kind of thing all game, it's going to add up for you. You're going to score goals. Um, I think that was McCann, Beniers, and Eberly was the three uh, forwards on that line, but they were just all over the puck. Yeah, no, they were. It was a fantastic shift from them. Like, no doubt. You're, I'm right there with you. Um, I was just going to uh, Money Puck just to go and, and look to see like how the lines did, right? Goal percentage and everything. Um, but it did remind me of this. One, on the winnow meter, Kraken 14.8%, which I mean, that's the lowest I could remember for a very, very long time for the Kraken. And this is partly why I I wanted to talk about this after the first period. Let the uh, camera adjust. Look at all those red dots right in there around Joey Decord, RJ and everybody. Look at what look at what the Kraken defense was allowing to happen for the New Jersey Devils and their scoring chances. And almost all of those are the first two periods. Yeah. Like how? Why? What are you doing? Like, you can't do that. And they weren't for so long. You go back to their win streak, RJ, right? What was one of the things I talked about? Well, I was turning my laptop around and showing how great a job they were doing of keeping teams to the outside, forcing perimeter shots for other teams. They weren't allowing anybody to get up and in Joey's face. And that's all they did in this game was just allow them to attack the interior. And, you know, this is going to be the result just about 100% of the time if you allow that to happen as consistently as the Kraken were letting it happen. Yeah, the Devils smelled blood in the water and they just kept going to the net and going to the net. It's Eric Halla especially more than anybody else. And I know this really bugged Edzo on the broadcast. You know, the times that Halla was kind of bumping Joey Decord and all the contact with him in this game. And especially, of course, that goalie interference that's one of the easiest, most cut and dry goalie yeah. interference calls. Normally that's waved off immediately. But still, I mean, the Devils knew, Halla especially, knew you could go to the net and you can get away with that kind of stuff. And, and the Kraken weren't doing a whole lot to prevent it. 
No, they weren't. And that's, that is something that they just, they have to deal with. They have to, they have to figure that out. Um, uh, Laura, this team loves testing my optimism. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> oh man. Um, this team was sluggish last year coming out of the break from fusion mix. It's true. I mean, this has kind of been like, um, a long-term thing for like, this has been a, an ongoing issue for this, for this, tr uh, team uh, all along. Um, let's see, uh, have the Kraken hit a wall or is it just me from Edward? Yeah. <sighs> for Krem, the wall is winning. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I mean, RJ, like for crying out loud, you just got like goalied by the New Jersey devils. <laughs> yeah. This that's season, right. Like, like, and, and I mean, that's their third string goalie too, right? Dawes? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Cause it yeah. was, uh, yeah. Schmid and Vonacek, Vonacek were their, their yeah. top two and Yeah. Yeah. So like this is it's a problem. Um, I will say, you know, Joey, again, another consistent good effort. Right. It still doesn't look like the workloads catching up to him. This was very much the team in front of him, I feel like. Right. Um, you know, last game, there was the one goal. OK, you, you give it up to Rust, um, but he's he's back. He's playing fantastic. But I mean, look, it doesn't matter. You know, tomorrow, Grubauer coming in, he's he's been out of action for a long time. Right. If this team plays like this in front of him, particularly in the defensive zone, I don't know what this is going to look like. It could get ugly. It does have that potential. And I was even kind of joking with you during the game. Right. I said, you know, the team's kind of preparing for Grubauer to come back because this looks like the team that Grubauer usually has in front of him. And that's not a good thing. Um, so I, it, it does make me worry a little bit about this. I mean, look, the fact that Joey still has a quality start. Devils with 4.2 expected goals. Joey saved over a goal above expected in this one, you know, despite allowing three. That that says a lot uh, about you know what he did. The problem certainly was not him. I saw a couple tweets that were you know a little bit negative on on Joey and his game tonight, and he was absolutely not the problem in this one. And I know there's that Hughes goal. I'm telling you, that is so much harder than it looks to yeah. hit that spot on a goalie. A goalie's going to go down like that every single time. There's a reason guys don't do that more often. Yeah, no, that's that's just a special player doing something special. It's the bottom line. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Joey, I mean, nine nineteen safe percentage, right? Like he, he did he did what he could. Uh, Christian yeah. had to listen to the game on the radio and checked in on the Discord every now and then. Oh boy, didn't sound good. Yeah, it wasn't good, Christian. Uh, Ricky, is trust the plan still a thing? Uh, I'm gonna assume you mean like the three to five year plan, right? Uh, that the Kraken had. I think it is just because this off season is so crucial and, and the Kraken are going to have the most flexibility that they've really had in any off season. So I, I would say it's a, it's a yes, but it's a tentative. Yes. Right. I mean, you know, I guess trust, but verify in the off season, right? Cause yeah. the, a lot of the plan just kind of hinges on this off season and being able to use that cap space and leverage that cap space to fix the problems that this team has. Anyone, you know, if you've watched this team all season, you can tell what the flaws are and you can tell that this is a flawed team. Good news is you're going to have like $15 million or so of cap space to go out and fix it however you can fix it. So mm -hmm. that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, Ren, I mean, we were just talking about it. I miss Jack Hughes only doing Jack Hughes things against other teams. This was really the first time Jack Hughes showed up in a game against the Kraken, RJ, right? I mean, this has been an ongoing thing. I've been teasing Devils fans about it uh, every year when the Kraken play, 
play them. Um, this is the first time that Jack Hughes really like made himself known. And unfortunately, it had to be a goal like that. Yeah, yeah, you do always talk about how he's invisible against the crack. And usually you're right, uh, but unfortunately not today. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What emotionally depressing game. We need changes, Francis. Please do something from Sergio. Hate to say it, but something needs to change with Maddie. I don't know if he needs to sit or get sent down, but whatever they're currently doing isn't working. That's from Maddie. Um, okay. If you haven't listened to the deep dive from earlier, <laughs> go listen to the deep dive from earlier because uh, we read a, a great article um, from The Athletic that is just all about how amazing Matty Beniers is defensively and the work that he's doing and how truly special it is to the point where he's being, he's in the company of Connor McDavid, Mark Stone, uh, Alexander Barkov, like the best defensive players in all of the sport. And Matty Beniers is there at a younger age than they were able to get to this level when it comes to puck retrievals in the defensive zone, which he had some nice ones puck exits from the defensive zone right getting the puck up and out of the defensive zone again he had a couple of those tonight i know it's really easy to look at the one time it did not go well for him um but the vast majority of the time it does work for him i mean there it's you're looking at stuff of him being in the hundredth percentile for defensive forwards all while having a higher defensive usage than any of those other guys leading to you know, arguably the highest efficiency, or at least up there with only Connor McDavid when it comes to defensive efficiency in the entire NHL. And he's doing it all um, at the age of 21. So yes, the offense has been abysmal. Nobody will deny that, but the defense is there for Matty Beniers. And I know yeah, this is the worst night possible to be talking about this after that one play that he had. And I'm not just like coming at you, Maddie. This is because I've seen it a couple times in chat already, but he, he is doing something that literally no other NHL player with the exception of one or two is doing this year. And I, it's, it needs to be mentioned. Yeah. And, and before this game too, Axtall this morning was asked by, I believe a, a devil's reporter, you know, about Matty Beniers and asked, do you, do you need to see more from him? Do you want to see more from him this season? And Axtall, you know, kind of covered for Beniers and, and said, look, Matty, like, Every like the whole team this season has had his ups and downs, and that's just kind of how it goes. Um, but like that's what Hackstall he sees that stuff defensively as a coach. He's got a trained eye, and so he knows how special what Maddie's doing defensively is. And so for that reason, he never seems panicked about him. He never you know openly kind of criticizes him or anything like that. Now, when you look at the play that he did make, because I do think we need to address that a little bit more in the game tonight. That is unlike him, and that is a bad play in the defensive zone. That's the opposite yeah. of what we're talking about that he does so impressively. And notably, Dave Hackstall did bench him. Maddie mm -hmm. Beniers was benched for about 10 minutes after that turnover. He played one shift after, then was benched for about 10 minutes. And I think that's really interesting because Dave Hackstall does not play that card very often. No. Hey, can you remember another time where he's benched a guy for like for you know in well, the middle it, of a game like that? For did didn't it happen to Maddie earlier this year? Did he bench him earlier this year? Was it? Didn't he? I feel like he did earlier this season. Everybody, if, if somebody remembers, I feel yeah, like please let us know. But but either way, Haxtell does not play that card very no. often. And I don't know, Maddie looked better after the benching. He gave him a lot of opportunity afterward, too. But yours played a yeah. ton. Yeah, because uh, he got up the... to like 16 something minutes. Right. I, I want to go back and look period by period what his ice time was, right? Kind of before and after, because he was then on a line. He stacked the lines. It was Beniers, McCann, and Eberly that played a yeah. lot of that third period. And so he said, all right, 
I'm just going to let you sit here for 10 minutes, kind of just do a little reset in game. And then you're going back out there and you're going to, you know, I'm going to give you a ton of opportunity. I think it kind of worked. Yeah. How much of that though, do you think was him really doing that to Maddie? Right. Obviously mm -hmm. he makes a terrible turnover. Like you can expect that for a young player to get benched in that situation. And how much of that do you think was, he was trying to send a message to everybody, right? Like he, he chose that moment to send a message and he, and he chose Maddie because he was the player who did that. But also that's around the same time that you have the broadcast talking about making a goalie change, right? You were tweeting about the idea of the Kraken maybe making a goaltending change after that. But Hackstall was probably thinking, I've got a game tomorrow. I can't afford to, you know, maybe do that right now. But I, what I can do is I can take this player out, sit him and send that message to him, but really also the entire team that like everybody better step it up. Like we cannot be playing this way. I mean, maybe I, I, I suppose if you're going to send a message to the whole team, why not just call a timeout? But I know he doesn't necessarily like to do that because you have to wait five seconds too long in the third period to call a timeout and then not i don't know what that was yeah but he's he's always done this and and to be fair most nhl coaches do but they really wait at a long time before they call timeout just for that extra like 10 15 seconds of, of breathing but in this situation just call the timeout make sure you get it when you oh, see there like them 20 seconds up, left less right, than that yeah, no, yeah, it was like 13 seconds. Yeah, right? 10 like, seconds in a two-goal game. Take yeah, take the timeout. If you're going to take the timeout, just take the timeout. Don't wait until they're already lined up for the faceoff and Yanni Gord's looking at the linesman while hunched over at a 90-degree angle to try to call the timeout. That blew my mind, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I just didn't under, understand at all. That one was really confusing for me. Um, Super chat here from that Kraken fan page official. Changes need to be made soon, it feels like. If not, you can't tank at this point. So this team is obviously not comfortable with where they're at. I'm looking at the standings. I mean, you can tank to a point, right? Like if the team wanted to. My my thinking, though, is, I, I mean, realistically, you could probably get down to, you know, bottom six or seven teams in the league. If you really, really tanked, I just don't think right. the team's capable of doing that, right? Like the group no. will be too good. Yeah. I mean, you look at where they're at right now. And if the season just ended today, they would have the 10th pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. and, and actually by points percentage, it might be up to the eighth pick in the yeah, draft. It'd be lower. So, yeah. I mean, you know, where you're at already, I think, you know, that's still a, a pretty darn high pick, but you're right. You can't tank into the top five. It's just not really feasible this year. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be tough. I don't know that changes can be made soon. Right. Like that's, uh, you know, to address the other point of the comment, just because there's just, there's limited avenues to do so. Right. You can trade the few guys that are pending UFAs at the deadline. But really, until the offseason, you're just not going to have the cap space, the flexibility, the time. Right. To really address everything that needs to be addressed with the roster. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to add and try and help right now, very limited what you can do. And if you trade stuff away, okay, that doesn't help you right now. You know, and, and then it doesn't really matter making a change right away. Yeah. Um, some more of the comments from about uh, Maddie Beneers there. Um, let's see. On the onslaught, a non-UFA player needs to go to send a message. I mean, that would send a message, right? I, do you think that would be possible? I mean, it's certainly possible. I mean, there's there's 
demand out there in the league. Like you could make a move, probably not before tomorrow, but uh, you know, it, it's certainly possible. There are teams that are going to want these guys. Um, you know, you, you could Young do that Gord, if you want to send a message. Likely. I mean, the most wanted anyway. Oh, wait, was it the, the comment a non UFA? Yeah. Oh, okay. A like sending a message by sending a non pending UFA guy out the door. Right. Yeah. I mean, that would be a huge shakeup, especially in the room too. That would, I mean, that would send shockwaves through the room for sure. It would, it would certainly signal a lot of things changing come the off season. Right. Yeah. No, I think Yanni would be the most desired. Certainly. I mean, if you're a contending team that can go get Yanni Gord as a, as a three C, you know, a guy who's done that before and won Stanley cups. Well, I was going to say Tampa would probably take him back. Yeah. I mean, except what do they have to give you? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's true. They've been, uh, yeah. But yeah, that. you could get a huge haul for him, but I, I still don't know that you'd want to do that to the room right now and it, put everything in a real fragile state. Mm-hmm. Sean, for some reason tonight, the thought of how good that fourth line was last season kind of made me sad. Everything in me told me this season was going to be a step back. Just didn't see this. Uh, I think a lot of us are there, right? I mean, we knew the shooting percentage had to regress a little, like there was going to be some stuff, but this is this has definitely been a, a, a couple steps back. Uh, from last season Schultz at least we didn't give up an empty netter that is true that's true that is true we did do that although I think they waited too long to pull the goalie down to there were a couple times I would have done it sooner yep for sure uh Jessica in between salty tears don't forget to like our the stream for our hockey therapy appreciate that Jessica Laura if I had a penny for every time the Sharks sent the Kraken into a losing streak I would have two pennies which is not a lot but it's weird that it happened twice that it is <laughs> I know of all teams. <sighs> yep. <sighs> Man. Uh, they just do a better job of defending the deep RJ, I guess. That's, that's yeah, all that can be true. said. Uh, oh man. They were there first, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Sean, Joey deserves so much better. All of this just hurts so much more as this team finally has solid goaltending does, right? Like that is part of this. You finally, you figured out the one thing that, in the entire franchise's history has been kind of rocky. You finally solidify it. And then everything else around it just kind of took a step back. Uh, Ricky, it's the same team from November. The organization is weirdly passive. Um, again, I, I, some of it's just their hands. Your hands are kind of tied when you're this far into a season. I mean, you've already made a trade to add a player though. Yeah, you have, you have. It's, a tar. it's true. Right. No, it's true. Um, we have to win like 20 of these last 30 for it to be a reasonable shot of making it to the postseason, right? That's a big oof from me, from Chip. I Yeah, I mean, to, to safely make it, it would probably be that much, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, well, winning 20 would get you, um, you know, if you just lose the other 10 in, points, in regulation. Yeah. yeah, that'd get you 92, which that, should that be should enough, although it. these other teams are heating up. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's a problem. St. Louis is just not slowing down. Uh, and they've got a game in hand. LA, I mean, still has three games in hand. And again, you know, you're six points behind them. It's, it is, yeah. we are in oof territory. That's for sure. Um, what if Gru emerges from the ashes and gets a shutout five games straight to wake the Kraken up from Habak? That would be incredible. I think that would be awesome. And I would love to see what Kraken Twitter looked like after that happened. <laughs> Yes, but I would love that for him. I mean, that's that's certainly he could use that. I think I think the fan base, everybody could use that. Things would get healthier. 
Mm-hmm. So the uh, current line here, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm just looking at, at hockeyviz.com here where they have the line. They have it like right at 89 points. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's still yeah. around where it's going to be. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, Sean, early in the game, the Devils showed their lack of concern about cracking offense with 86 laying back waiting to cherry pick. Yeah, I mean, again, like there was many times in this where it felt like the Kraken could have regrouped defensively, right? You've got the intermissions, you you've got just time on the bench, TV timeouts, right? It really felt like, and I don't know because we saw this go on for long stretches of time earlier this season. I'm trying to think, what was it, the Carolina home game before we saw things kind of snap back together for them at the very start of the year, and that was still like yeah. three weeks in. Um, and it was all the same stuff. It was head on a swivel. It was just, you know, solid positioning in the defensive zone. Don't have both defensemen wander into a corner. Right. And we're just like right back there. And it's still confusing for me that it could be such a consistent problem for an NHL team with NHL defensemen that some of these things would be so prevalent. But for it to happen and spring up for a second time this year, I just I'm very, very baffled, RJ. Like, I know I keep coming around to this point, but it's it's only because I am so confused by it. Right. I thought we might see rust coming off the all-star break. This doesn't feel like rust. This feels like just start of the season, you know, youth hockey category type of stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Nicole, maybe if we need the power play to be fixed for three seasons, we change somebody in the coaching staff. Hmm. I I think that you that's reasonable to ask. Right. I mean, we've we've certainly said as much before. Yeah, we you know we definitely have. I think you know we we've put the spotlight on Paul McFarland and the power play, what at, at various points through all three seasons so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to you know quickly look up you know where the Kraken's power play ranks, but I'm I'm sure it's not you know in the top ten in the league. No, it it's been better this year uh, mostly. Um, Sixteen, but it's yeah, it's, right in the middle. Yeah, they've been pretty much there all year, so it's it's better than it has been. But certainly, right now, they could really use it, and it's not there for them. Um, Schultz, so Gru and Schultz in tomorrow. Cartier in for question mark. Is Pebbles ready to go? Uh, I don't know if Belmar is ready to go. Hackstall's, I don't know. He's kind of had mixed messages on that, or just you know when he's ready to go, if he's ready to go. He's skating with the team, so he's got to be close. But I, I think you'd probably see Cartier in if if they were going to make that change over Belmar. Just I, I don't know that he's ready yet. Yeah, well, and to be perfectly honest, I feel like against the Islanders, you probably want Cartier in over Yamamoto, right? Yeah, probably. I think so. I, I think that would make sense. And then, yes, Gru and Schultz As sad as I am to say it, because I love Yamamoto getting to play center, but I, I think you do need a switch there. You do. Um, I wonder if Joey playing out of his mind has made the rest of the team complacent. Like, they can just rely on him to make the saves needed to win games from Chip. I don't know that I'd, I would say that. Just because we've seen the team have issues like this before when they weren't getting goaltending this good. Right. And those games would really spiral. It didn't look any different except the Kraken are just still in these games. I, I think you're you're probably right, Dylan. Yeah. Uh, on Onslaught, the last 15 minutes, that McCann, Ebbs, and Maddie line looked incredible. It did. Do you think we see that line tomorrow? I hope so. I, and I know I, it's, you yeah. know, Hackstall kind of stacking the lines or whatever. And, you know, maybe you can shorten the bench. But why not? With a team that's built like this, you, you know, your fourth line is still going to be decent anyway. Just do it. Yep. Uh, Lindsay asking, have the Kraken ever had a winning month of February in franchise history? It's always a bad month if I remember right. And of course, by a red there. Uh, oh, yeah. Four... I should know. Yes. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> look you. it up. Should beat me uh, to it. 
four, six, and one in February last year, two, eight, and one in year one. So yes, February, historically bad month for the Kraken. At least it's the short one. It's yeah, the there short, you go. Like, Shortest yeah. month. Like it's, it's if you're gonna pick one. Say. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, Elizabeth, I get why we may be sluggish, but I'm tired of the excuses. I feel like we keep making them. They just don't seem hungry enough. Right. And I think that's what you were getting at earlier. Right. Talking about just them not being able to, to outskate guys. Right. Coming into the zone, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's exactly what I was talking about. It was just exemplified in the, the early part of the second period and, and even mid second period tonight. Just th that lack of hunger, not being able to get on pucks like the pucks were there to be had, you know, and, and they just weren't working enough for them. And that's the kind of thing where, yes, they put on a good push late. But when we just keep talking about too little, too late, when you dig yourself in that hole, you have to look at earlier in the game. We encountered this a lot earlier this season, right, where they would just put themselves in these holes that. They would put in the work to come back from, but when it's an every game thing, it's you have to look at the beginning. It's all flashing back to me now. Some of those know, early right? post post game lives from the beginning of the season, where I remember saying, right, the previous two seasons, no matter how bad they were, season one, and then obviously through season two, the one thing you could always say, all Kraken fans, we could all you know hang our hats on the fact that the Kraken were going to give a full sixty, right? That was them right? The first two years, even when it was bad year one, right? They stayed fighting in the third period, right? They'd be down like six goals and they would stay in it, right? They were trying this year. That has just not been the case. There's been very few full 60 minute efforts from this team. It feels like, right? Because we keep talking about it, right? As, as you're saying, as Elizabeth's saying, as everybody's been saying that it just, for whatever reason, that mentality has just not existed for this team this year in year three. And I still don't understand what would have made that go away because it's the same coaching staff. It's the same front office. Largely, it's the same players, right? I can't imagine that, say, Morgan Geeky was the guy driving that, right? When he left, it all went with him, right? I, I doubt that was the case. But this, clearly something changed that caused this year's team just not to be able to do that and play what was I considered Kraken hockey, which was them going out there, never saying die, and they just kept going. And this year it just doesn't exist for them. And they have to find a way to get it back. Yeah, and my first theory would just be the success from last year, right? That they thought, okay, we can kind of get away with this stuff. And I would think that if at the end of last season on locker cleanout day, they were all saying, like, to a man, we've got to watch out next year. Teams aren't going to take us lightly anymore. This is going to be way more challenging. We have to be ready for it. So at least mentally, like, they, they knew that this was coming. They, yeah. I mean, you know, they weren't complacent at all, at least if you listen to what they said. So I I don't know. And I mean, absurdly saying, saying Ryan Donato, he must have been the key. I mean, nobody worked yeah. harder than Ryan Donato. That's true. You know? It's very true. I mean, that's that's the thing. Um I trade for him in the off season. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have one year left on that deal. Yeah. Um, that would be an option. Uh, cracking going with four defensive specialists at center is suboptimal from Ricky. Yeah. I mean, this is what we talked about earlier the season with our whole, are the Kraken too built for the playoffs? Yes. L watching this team. Yes, they are. Although if we're talking about consistency and effort, maybe not, right? Like you would need that in the playoffs. Right. But but still, the center thing remains. And at least you've got Shane Wright coming whenever he comes up. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, Daniel Sprong got benched last year, right? From Lindsay. 
Uh, Viren, the only time I remember discussing it was Cartier getting Ben Schefter's first NHL penalty in the playoffs last year. Um, I, I'm just, I could have sworn it happened to Maddie earlier this year at some point. It, de- it I, happened to somebody because we talked about it. Didn't I we? mean, I trust your memory on something because I just, I just don't remember offhand. Yeah, I know. I know it wasn't Vince Dunn. That was just that like conversation that was had last year. Oh, yeah. Man. Here, I can do a Twitter no, search. Okay, I mean, look, if the, if the if the collective hive mind doesn't remember that's it, true, I'm, I'm willing to say that I'm misremembering something. I, I'm not above that uh, for sure. Um, Lindsay agreed. If we could bundle draft picks to get in the top five, I would be elated. Our draft scouts are incredible at finding hidden gems, too. I, totally. I like the, the Kraken do a great job drafting. I see on onslaught, too, right? You don't need to tank for first overall to salvage the season, just getting a higher pick, right? Is, is better. Um, I'm right there with you both. The scouting department has proven to be fantastic. It's just, it, again, unless you're getting into the top five, you're not you're not going to be seeing any returns for this for probably two to three years. And you so, can draft as well as you want. The timeline is just what it is. Yeah. And that just doesn't help you. And and if the team doesn't turn things around at that point, if you're the general manager, you're looking at things and you're like, you're not going to have a job at that point, right? Somebody else will be reaping those rewards instead of you. And, and that's why I think the Kraken just aren't in that spot right now. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I think it's probably safe to say we won't make the playoffs this year. Our schedule is so loaded with Western Conference teams in March and April. If we don't win those, we give those other teams points. Um, that is very, very true. Uh, Kylie, uh, let's see. Uh, Lindsay, I just did the Tankathon draft lottery simulator, and the Kraken moved up eight spots to the first overall pick. Hmm. Manifesting. I would take it definitely take uh some celebrini right now um let's see ricky larson or alexiak would bring a boatload that they would mm-hmm. that's true especially i mean with the you want to undercut division rival calgary moving potentially hannafin or tanev put one of those two on the market oh absolutely that would be insane the the level that you would get back again you got a second for jeremy lazan <laughs> Yeah. I mean, but again, the problem with moving any of these guys and Gord included, because we were talking right. about him earlier, is these are all guys who you're really going to want next year, yes. assuming you want to be competitive next year, which mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be. Right. Well, that's the that's the whole thing, right? Like you're trying to set up to to make a push again next year. Right. And and if you're trying to, to bring in, you know, a, a, as close to a superstar player as you can and all of that stuff, you need them. And more specifically, RJ, because like you could find like second pairing level defensemen also during the off season. Yeah. But what you can't find is them on these contracts, right? You're right. not going to find a player <laughs> of Jamie Alexiak's ability on a 4.6 cap hit, right? Or Adam Larson who can give you 25 minutes a night with a $4 million cap hit, right? That's the part that's hard to replace about them. And that's why ultimately I think the Kraken probably need to hold on to them. Right. I agree. Especially that Larson contract. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, yeah, no, nobody else, unless it's you, you've got a guy on an ELC, right? Yeah. Who's part of your first pairing. Nobody else has a first pairing defenseman making that that little. Uh, and he's, you know, gonna you're gonna have him for for one more year next year. And Alexiak still got two years left on that deal. So, um, let's see here. Uh, definitely waited too long to pull Joey. This is from Sean. I've noticed this about the Kraken for a little while now, and I know they've been struggling and everybody talks about like when we allow the empty net goals and all of that stuff. 
I do feel like Hackstall waits a long time to pull him. Right. And I'm surprised, especially with this analytics, analytics forward of yeah. an organization as the Kraken are, that there's not somebody kind of in their ear, you know, nudging them like, hey, pull the goalie earlier. All the numbers tell you you should do that. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely true. Uh, Fusion Mix, I was thinking Borgen, everybody wants a right shot defenseman right now. Borgen would be an interesting one to see what his value was. Yeah, I surprisingly high, I think. There there are teams around the league that really value a guy like him. I think his his contract says a lot, too, because I, he came in way above the contract projections that a lot mm-hmm. of people had publicly. Yeah. And I think that that is a hint to kind of where hockey minds see him and his value. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. In order for Grubauer uh, to get a shutout, a crack and goal would be needed. Hockey Fork. Yes. That is true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is true. Um, let's see. Uh, Lindsay, the boys must have gotten Uber Eats because they forgot how to play hockey. That was good. That was one of the better Super yeah. Bowl commercials for me yesterday. Yeah. Oh, man. That's, that's good there, Lindsay. Um, Nicole, I've missed the McCann Ebbs Beneers line all season. I, yeah, I I have. It's been a, it's been a hot minute since we've seen it. Um, let's see. Hextall can't get fired until after somebody picks up Todd McClellan and takes him off the table for fusion mix. Yes, you, you do not want Todd McClellan. That's that is true. What would I do, Dylan, if the Kraken hired Todd McClellan? I think I'd have to quit. You would. You would. You would absolutely. You'd 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 I move the, just look you'd at move the Salt day. Lake and wait for the Coyotes to show up. Yep, that is that is actually the strategy. Yes, um, Lindsay. After the power play, I think it was the makeshift line of Tanev, Gord, Tatar that looked really good for one shift. As much as I hate to break up Tolvin and Gord Bjorkstrand, if we do MBE line one, I like it. I, to be honest, it makes sense, right? Those those three playing together. Like if you were to take this group of forwards, RJ. Um, to somebody who has not watched the Kraken play, but knew hockey and knew these players, right? Like to, to a, a, a person working for a different team. And you said, mm-hmm. what would your lineup be? I could see a lot of people putting together a, a Gord Tanev Tatar line. Yeah. I mean, like the, the hustle that you've got between Gord and Tanev Tatar's ability to think creatively and kind of move the puck to smart areas and, and, you know, go where he needs to go. I could see that. And Yanni Gord always says he likes playing with predictable players those are two very predictable guys in mm-hmm. the best sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. Uh, Bach team looks slow and old. Maybe get a young star like Zegris or someone like him. Make games more interesting, RJ. If you're worried about it boring crack in hockey, Zegris would fix that. Hey, I've seen him on some trade deadline trade bait lists. I, I mean, I do think his time in Anaheim is basically done. The writing's on mm-hmm. the wall. I, I doubt he makes it through another offseason. But um, I... I don't know that he fixes what the Kraken need. No, <laughs> Although, no. Not. Look, if you were to have him on a team with a Maddie Beneers who is elite defensively and stuff, and you told them to stop worrying about defense, just go back to being off, you know, a, a, a offensive superstar, he could get back to, you know, close to a point per game guy. Yeah, I think he could thrive here. I mean, in everything that, that's around him, he doesn't solve the problems, but he could do well and improve the situation generally. Yep. Uh, Byron, nine lines listed as having at least a minute of five on five ice time. So much for not getting out the line blender for a bit. And it's just another one. <laughs> just 
We're just gonna nobody. You know, know what? Nobody listened to the podcast today. Can we just not <laughs> have anybody listen to, or just mute my parts? Can we? Can we find a way to do that? Yes, I'll go back through and just quiet RJ, but for everything, whatever you do, when you when you go to the watch party tomorrow, you're hanging out with RJ. Just don't ask him, you know, about the Kraken at all. Just don't, just yeah. don't, t- just don't have him talk about the game. Uh, okay, just just ask him to play duffel board and and move on. Yep. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, let's see. Uh, the thing that frustrates me is that when we do show up, we can hang with some of the best. The completely undisciplined penalties drag us down too from Elizabeth. And again, that is part of the the frustrating part of this too. Is that yes, there are just stretches where the Kraken are unstoppable. They look great. You look, you think about the Winter Classic and what they were able to do to Vegas, right? I mean, that's like the first and it's maybe one of what two, three times that Vegas as a franchise has ever kind of been embarrassed. Right. Like, and you did that like you and they earned it. Um, And then you look at the the win streak that they had, too. Right. I mean, it was an impressive win streak. They were dominant through there. Um, And then they just like I said, they just fall apart and you deal with whether it's the effort stuff, the defensive issues to bring that up again, uh, the, the lack of goal scoring and the lack of urgency to score when you're down. I just don't get it. I don't know. This team is built differently than just about any other team maybe ever in the NHL because of the modern expansion rules. And I think you, you do see weird stuff like that, like them being as unstoppable as they are against even the best teams. And yet simultaneously just looking kind of so talent starved at times. I I think it's just a result of that. This team's just built different for better or worse. Yeah. Uh, Fusion mix. Every time the Red Wings play, I watch Daniel Sprong like Squidward looking out the window. (laughs) I think there's a, probably a lot of a lot of you uh, doing that uh, for sure. Byron, um, uh, they also say a lot of things about getting to the middle and getting in front of the goalie and tightening up defensively and then not doing it. Yeah, they do, but like like they do that a lot, RJ. Like they're aware of it. They must be on some level if they're going to do the coach speak and the players speak about it. Just do it. Right. I mean, that's Put the thing. You go- Dude, just do it. I know they don't post them on YouTube anymore, but if you go look at like the pregame media availabilities or the postgame media availabilities, the guys are calling out what the problems are. Like it's not that different than the things we're identifying here. It's just a matter of execution. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sean, I haven't listened to the deep dive yet. Thoughts on ebbs. I mean, you know, we were talking mostly about like the idea of would the Kraken trade him, especially because today Elliot Friedman was talking on 32 thoughts about, you know, potentially him signing. So a lot of what we talked about on deep dive was, you know, the idea of, of him leaving what he want to go. He does have a modified no trade clause. Um, sounds like he doesn't really want to move his family and stuff. And so it was more so the, the idea of what would a contract with him staying with the Kraken look like. And the bottom line is, I, I know for me, I'll let you speak for yourself, RJ. I'm worried about the aging curve. Right. I will bring that up this time. Um, and, and just the fact that, yeah, the production isn't there. And to be honest, I know I know you're going to say the leadership stuff because you said it earlier, RJ. But as I was thinking about it, I don't know that he makes the young guys better when he plays with them. I don't know that he makes Matty Beneers better as Matty Beneers has 19 points through 47 games now. Yeah, I mean, with the leadership, I was mostly speaking as far as his value to other teams. And as we were talking about kind of contracts and what that next one might look like, there are other teams that are going to value that. And so that was kind of why I invoked the leadership. But yeah, no, I, I, 
I, I don't know how much the fit is really there. Certainly not if he's going to cost over, say, $4 million, which all the projections say that he will. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me unless he's willing to take a pretty steep hometown discount. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, if we trade Borgen, I'm going to lose my mind for Brooke. Yeah, lots of people uh, I think would. Um, let's see here. Uh, I could see the Cryptid Cup expanding if we do get the Utah Yetis in the next few years from Lindsay. That'd be I fun. It's the other sad part about this. We lost the Cryptid Cup. Yeah. I'd say what, Devils, Devils swept the Kraken this year, right? Yeah. Ugh, I don't like that. I don't like that. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, hockey Bob, maybe the low salaries are the reasons we're not seeing the best efforts. I <laughs> look, you would want to play better then so that you could earn more on the next contract, right? Yeah, yeah, not that's enough contract years, only three guys on contract years. Yeah, that's the problem. You need the contract year, uh, magic. That's what everybody, yeah. Needs. Um, Michael Zegers might solve the power play. He wouldn't make it worse. I mean, having somebody creative like that, you got to worry about the Michigan. It pulls a defenseman more to the side of the net instead of net fronts. It's easier to get screens on goalies. Can I talk yeah, you just into Just give him this, license to be RJ? creative and do what he wants to do, yeah. Yeah, can I talk you into this, RJ? Uh, sure, why not again? I, I'm not against a Zegers trade. Just don't give up too much. <laughs> um, let's say uh Lindsay, the fact that rj said that the maddie is good actually podcast did numbers and that's why you copied that title format for this one and now we don't want people to listen just just keep adding them up just keep just keep digging that hole rj can't I mean, until i'm allowed to go in and change the title of the episode now i could just change it like rj is wrong about everything yeah yeah that's you know? true that is we could we rj could being wrong about everything that. for an hour Yes. See if I, yeah. Otherwise I think in order to edit, uh, to, to mute certain sections of the podcast, once it's uploaded, we'd have to file some sort of copyright claim, music copyright claim, uh, against your voice. And then we could go in and mute it. I don't think there's any world in which my voice can be considered music. So good luck. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's just going to have to stay then. Um, let's see. Byron, according to cap friendly, there are five UFA defenders who are signed as UFAs and have an average time on ice greater than 20 minutes with current cap hits ranging from 3 million for DeMello to 5 million for Brody. Yeah. You just not going to find guys like that on those deals. It is very, very rare. And I would wonder how long ago some of those deals were signed as well. Right. Yeah. You might have some from, from kind of earlier Dylan DeMello is sneaky. Good. He is good. He is good. Um, let's see. Five more UFA signed is RFAs ranging from 2.67 million from Forsling to, uh, 5.25, um, for, oh my Shay. God. Shay. Yes. I was, thank you. I was like, I know it's not <laughs> what it looks like. Um, I haven't, I haven't thought about him in a little while. Uh, Get caught on the SNL skit there. Yes. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lindsay, think about the Jersey sales. Got Zegris. It solves the season ticket problem, RJ. There you go. It up in the Revenue. Sales. Yeah. Uh, Sergio Furka says 24 game point streak at the CHL. Uh, being the league record. Yeah, he is just absolutely on fire there. Absolutely on fire there. I think uh, we've become sufficiently desensitized to it at this point. Yeah, but for the most part. For the most part, um, Sean, I agree, Dylan, on Ebbs. Assume he probably get one of the best returns too, right? 
No, I, I think he, we we talked about this too. Like Wenberg as a center has more positional value. Um, we were thinking probably a second for Everly if they were to trade him. Yeah, something in that neighborhood. And also, I think Francis would feel an extra desire to send him to a the location that he wants, which yes. might mean sacrificing some return. Yeah, definitely. And then, Nicole, can RJ start talking about how good other wildcard teams are so they can start losing, too? OK, I mean, I can I can do that. Let's see the L.A. Kings. I mean, they got rid of Todd McClellan. That's all you need to do. They're headed to the top of the stands. They're going to win the Stanley Cup. Um St. Louis Blues, uh, they can be violent when they need to. And they also fired their coach. So that means they're going to the moon. And can I remember their coach's name? Yeah, Drew their new Bannister. Coach. There we go. <laughs> the Preds have Jeremy, Jeremy Lozon. He leads the league in hits. He's fantastic. He'll carry the team on his back. Um, yeah, that's what you need. Be physical. Yeah, and I mean, Calgary finally got rid of the dead weight that is uh, Elias Lindholm. And, and Andre Kuzmenko, he's going to score Unstoppable. 50. Unstoppable unstoppable in a flame sweater kuzmenko definitely yeah. um go, chip, everybody chip i think the universe will make this backfire on us with that attitude it will <laughs> uh, yeah with it and then the coyotes and wild just take the two wild card spots as all those teams <laughs> yes. i talked about just saying <laughs> Oh, man, Zoe, the broadcast jinxed the shutout. So now the Devils are still one of the few teams to not have a shutout. Uh, so small wins. Definitely. Yep. Like the fire. Go, RJ. Go. Yep. I can do this rapid fire. <laughs> yep. That's, that's the way you do it. Uh, did you like the Blues tweet yesterday during the Super Bowl? I, I get halftime. Yes. Only team was. Yeah. I had to go back and check the Blues score because I last checked in when they only had a couple goals. And I'm like, whoa, they put up seven. OK, they might actually do this. They could outscore the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Oh, back, right, well, then, of course, that ended predictably. As I yes, thought that. <laughs> a, a, a bucket on board. Send Laws on to the Oilers. McDavid needs an extra offensive defenseman. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, oh, that is what they and we know. Lausanne is extra offensive. Watch they, again. <laughs> yes, they need they need a, a, a another version of Darnell Nurse for their second pairing. <laughs> That's what they need. How you sell it? Yeah, that's how you sell it for sure. Oh, man. Schultz, leave Wenberg in Boston. Bring home Geeky. And then you call up Shane Wright for the 2C spot. Put Geeky on the fourth line. Schultz is on to something here, RJ. Yeah, you know what? That could work. Yeah. Boston's in the market for a center. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, this is a question from Zoe. And we'll probably leave it on this one. Um, do we ever see them mix up the D pairs, like the forward line blending? Um, you know, I think it's unlikely we see Dunn and Larson separated unless one of them's not healthy. I mean, th those two are pretty much attached to the hip. And I think Hackstall seems pretty committed to that. Um, I think the two of them would be kind of upset if they were yeah. broken up too. they, they love each other too much. Um, but I mean, I, I could see maybe eventually Alexiak and Borgen being moved away from each other, but I know Haxtell doesn't really like to do that. I think he thinks the chemistry of just getting all those games together and those reps together is more valuable in the long term than kind of shifting things around as, you know, as you might want to move things from one game to the next. Yeah. I, if, if things stay this bad, right. If the next couple games, the shot chart looks like that, right. Especially gets the Islanders, right. You give the, you make yeah. the Islanders shot chart look like the one I showed earlier shake something up why not you might as well right like they're they're obviously they need it they need some sort of wake-up call and that would be the easiest thing to do um, especially if Dumoulin's out because i don't yeah. know that you want to go evan schultz as a third d pair 
no probably not um but <laughs> uh but yes that's that i yeah, uh, uh, for the most part, though, I agree. You just, I wouldn't do that. As I was saying, I was just curious about Evan slotting in somewhere else. Yeah, I don't, I mean, he could, he could work his way up the lineup. I mean, I've said, I brought this up the idea of moving Evans, Borg, Borg and Alexiak Schultz. Yeah. For now, you could do that. Um, especially because Evans can play both sides. So, it, right. That it, helps. It helps it a lot there. Um, yeah. So, uh, all right. I think that's going to do it for uh, this Emerald City Hockey post game live. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us, especially after a game like this. I know, you know, it's it's kind of though what this is here for, right? It's the therapy session. We all get to experience it together and and walk away feeling hopefully better about things. Um, one more reminder for tomorrow. Tomorrow, it's here. The first ever ECH live event at Flatstick Pub out that South Lake Union location. You can join RJ there. Watch the game at 4.30 against the Islanders. Be around for post-game live. Maybe get on the stream and ask a question. Should be a lot of fun. So definitely want to promote that one final time before the day of, which is a mere... Uh, five hours away less than five hours away the day of. yeah the day of Good yeah stuff. i mean the party itself is less than 24 hours away i know i know really exciting stuff so hope hope a lot of uh, people are there to see rj tomorrow and then of course we will i will see uh the rest of you right back here tomorrow uh for post game live all right so we'll see everybody then